Hello and welcome everyone. This is the Ace in the Wild podcast. I am Desi, your host, and I am returning to you after an extended period of time because the topic at hand took a lot more research than I had anticipated. Initially, I had some difficulties finding appropriate sources. However, after doing some digging, I managed to find two really good sources, which I will reference here shortly. And the person who is the topic of today's podcast is Nikola Tesla, the Serbian electrician who was the pioneer of the alternating electrical current. He also had a plethora of inventions and patents that are still used today, and he is very much, along with Thomas Edison and probably even more so in many ways, one of the forerunners of electrical engineering and electrical science, and someone who, even though he was born over 150 years ago, his patents and his inventions are still widely used today and have a huge impact on our current lives. This man is often assumed to be on the asexual spectrum, and after I discuss his history and background and a bit about his character, I will get into whether I think he is ace or not. So if you want to skip to that, go about halfway through the video or two-thirds of the way through the video if you just want to hear my discussion on whether he's ace or not. And there is a lot of controversy surrounding this individual. People say that he is overlooked, he is unappreciated, but also conspiracy theories surrounding him. Initially, when I went onto YouTube, 90% of the videos that I saw were about conspiracies with him with aliens, with him predicting things about the pyramids. Like, if you go onto YouTube, you can see for yourself. But it was very frustrating initially because I was just trying to get something concrete and something factual, and all I got was conjecture and, and conspiracy theories. The reason why I'm covering him on this particular episode is because there is a very prevalent assumption that this man was either ace or homosexual or queer in general. And because of the sources that I have, I can really delve deep into it. There's a lot of assumptions made about this that are not backed up on facts. And it was really frustrating for me to go in there and be like, okay, well, people are making these assumptions, but they're not really backing it up. And the two primary sources that I'm using, I'll reference right now, they are the PBS documentary Master of Lightning and the book Wizard, The Life and Times of Nikola Tesla, which was published in 1996. I listened to the audiobook version, which is actually on YouTube, about 20 hours, and that is part of the reason why it took me so long compared to last session to publish this episode is because there's a lot of research and a lot of listening that I did. It's been a fascinating journey to say the least. I do want to get into the background of this individual because I think it's kind of relevant and I want to tell a little bit of the history about him as well. I don't want this to turn into a documentary podcast but I think some of his background is important when discussing who he is as an adult. Nikola Tesla was born in 1856 in Croatia, which at the time was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. His father was a clergyman, which is very important because he would later take on a lot of those morality and values of the clergy as he grew older. He was extremely creative as a child. One of his dreams was to go to America, especially Niagara Falls. He was very fond of animals, especially birds, which I can relate to because I love birds. I have chickens where I live and I adore them. And he very much, like myself, had a kind of rural upbringing, kind of grew out in the country, around a lot of animals, a lot of farms, and he liked to go outside and play. He liked to be outdoors, but he also really enjoyed to read and educate himself. There's actually one story where he would read late into the night and his father eventually took all the candles and lights out of his room. But in order to keep his habit of reading late into the night, 
he eventually made holes in the wall where he would put candles inside of them. And then when he, his father would put him to bed and after everyone went to sleep, he would go and open the secret cabinets he had where he had candles inside and he would keep reading. So very mischievous, but also very creative with his uh, rule breaking. In his late childhood, he started having out-of-body experiences and they were strong enough and real enough where he had to ask his sisters and some people that were close to him whether like he had a dream or he had an experience that was so real that he couldn't discern it from reality and fiction. This is something that would grow more and more prevalent as he got older, and especially in his later years, his perception of reality and hallucination became extremely blurred. He also started developing peculiarities, like he couldn't touch hair without being completely repulsed. He was repulsed by jewelry, but at the same time, he was obsessed with pearls and other things that would become more and more prevalent as he got older. In his early teenage years, he essentially denied his sexuality. That's the term that was used. One of the reasons for this, I think, is partially because of his monastic upbringing. Even though being in the Orthodox branch of the church, Orthodox priests are allowed to marry. And because of his peculiarities, he became ostracized in his early teenage years and more or less avoided social interaction, did his own thing, and just was kind of by himself all the time. Which... <laughs> Again, I can relate to kids in their teenage years kind of suck. At this time, he very much wanted to follow in his father's footsteps. That was one of the ways you could make it in the Austro-Hungarian Empire at this time. And in Croatia is either you became a soldier or you became part of the clergy. And since Tesla was not much of a fighter, he liked to read and study, the monastic path was more appealing to him. At 17 years old, he contracted cholera. He almost died of this. He was extremely sick for an extended period of time. And his father came in when young Nicola basically almost on his deathbed he was on his way out and he said okay well if I'm allowed to study engineering then I will get better and his father said you will go to finest engineering school that we can afford I think it was in Vienna and this hope that he would either escape becoming a soldier or part of the clergy allowed him to I guess recovered and when he was 21 he went to a college in Austria and he became obsessed with electricity almost immediately once he started getting into the books and being in this environment. At this time electricity was very much an up-and-coming science. This was in the 1870s so it was known about. There are people like Hertz and of course Edison in the United States and Alexander Graham Bell. All these other inventors were sort of up-and-coming at this time. He did very well in college, at least initially. He was a straight-A student. This man was known to be very intelligent. Even from childhood, he was known as like a savant. However, eventually he got bored and started getting into gambling. He would stay up late into the night playing billiards, which is a form of pool. He would oftentimes have these swings where he would win a bunch of money and then lose it all. And he would drop out of college. Some say he was discharged because of the excessive gambling. I think one of the major reasons why he left college is that he was just bored. Electrical engineering was his passion. I think once he figured out the basics and once he learned basically more than his professors, he just became excessively bored and developed destructive habits like gambling. When he dropped out of college, he was very shamed by it. He didn't want to disappoint his father. I believe him and his father were fairly close, especially after his near-death experience. However, there was eventually a reconciliation and he came back home 
home and started attending his father's sermons. He sort of thought about going back into the monastic path. And during this time, he met the lovely Anna, who is tall and beautiful, and he fell in love with her, started going on walks. This is one of his few occasions of sort of quasi-romantic feelings towards somebody else. He wanted to pursue electrical engineering. They would have these long talks, and she basically wanted to create a family and do the traditional thing, and he just wasn't really into that, so that relationship sort of floundered. When he went back to college, he agreed that he would write her and they would stay in contact, but the relationship essentially fell apart. She found somebody else, and that was the end of that. His first job was an electrical engineer for the Edison Company, named after Thomas Edison. I believe it was in Paris. He started traveling Europe, and he was a quick study. He learned very quickly, and he decided that he wanted to pursue his dream of coming to America, and in 1884, when he was 28 years old, he came to America penniless, essentially. One of his dreams since childhood was to basically go to Niagara Falls and harness the power of all that water flowing down and create like a turbine sort of thing. And this is really where his understanding and passion about alternating current came from is seeing a picture of Niagara Falls and being like, wow, look at all that energy and power. After he came to America, he resumed working for Edison Company, and he met the inventor. Initially, Tesla was completely starstruck when he met Edison. He thought it was a big deal, and they had fairly cordial initial relationships, but that would change later on. He brought up his alternating current hypothesis, but Edison, being stubborn, he's notorious for this, basically rebuffed him and told him that he didn't know what he was talking about. He also refused to pay him a decent wage and give him the supplies necessary to continue his research. So Tesla went off to do his own thing after that and was very bothered by the fact that Edison had been so reluctant to take his advice and to study this new theory that he could come up with. Tesla, at this point, would pick up odd jobs and use his skills as an electrician to earn some side money so he could start saving up money to make a lab. He would work on alternating current motors and generators in his lab, and at this time he became known for just being in his lab almost 24-7, not sleeping very much. This was very much his life passion, and now that he had his own space in his own lab, this is what he dedicated his life to, and he was extremely successful at this point on. Within a couple of years, he had been awarded 22 patents, which is huge considering how young he was at the time and considering all of the inventions that he brought forward. It's pretty amazing considering that he basically came to America penniless, and within like five or six years, he had 22 patents. Very amazing, very talented, genius individual that should not be understated. Because of his success and notoriety, his alternating current hypothesis, and his patents and inventions were in direct conflict with Edison, who was proponent of direct current. And Edison and Tesla would have this beef that would essentially go on to the end of their respective lives. Tesla was approached by George Westinghouse, who was a railroad mogul and a very rich and wealthy man. This was the Gilded Age. And this age was known for, you know, company towns and the very, very, very rich holding all the power, like J.P. Morgan, Westinghouse, John Jacob Astor, etc., etc. Very few holding all the money and holding all the cards, basically controlling the economy. This was a time of invention and progress, but also a time of corruption and money hoarding. But Westinghouse approached him and purchased his patents for roughly a million dollars plus royalties. 
this gave Tesla the financial boost to really go ham with his inventions and spend even more time pursuing his passion. And at this time, Edison went on a spear campaign essentially to discredit alternating current because it was in direct conflict with his direct current. This became colloquially known as the War of the Currents, which alternating current would eventually win because alternating current is able to provide more power and is much more useful in many, many ways than direct current. But because Edison was this stubborn old man with a giant ego that didn't want to share any sort of power or prestige with anybody. He went on a smear campaign to essentially try to discredit Tesla, which backfired and made him look more like more of an ass than he already was. Edison was a great inventor, but he was also a cantankerous individual who was extremely greedy, extremely frugal, and kind of crappy to his workers. So I don't have a lot of sympathy for him here. He also would go into dealings with J.P. Morgan, who is another kind of repulsive individual, even though several companies and several streets and buildings are named after him. He was a very corrupt, petty, cantankerous individual who shouldn't be... <laughs> I don't know why there are companies named after him. Morgan was known as the octopus because of how many tentacles he had in all the particular businesses and facets of the economy. I'm going off on a bit of a side here, but I'm bringing this up because this is the Gilded Age. I think it's important just from a social commentary to understand how this time period would influence later time periods and how the hoarding of money at the top created so many issues in the economy which still reverberate to this day. Much like today, these super rich and powerful individuals would bribe senators, they would influence White House policy. In 1901, J.P. Morgan John Pierpont Morgan, which is his full name, caused a recession because he had a personal beef with somebody and he, I think he shorted a bunch of stocks and caused a recession, not even as a sound financial plan, but just because he didn't like this individual and he felt slighted because this man had a huge ego and his personal beef caused the loss of jobs and caused a total economic crash. Another individual at this time who Tesla would get funds from was John Jacob Astor, who, which at the time was the richest man in the world. He was a philanderer who married a girl half his age, and he really wasn't known for much outside of having a bunch of money. And that's kind of the really disgusting thing about this age, is these few individuals who had all this money who weren't even particularly talented. I guess their talent was screwing other people over and taking advantage of their workers and just hoarding all this money for themselves. And unfortunately for anybody who wanted, like Tesla, who wanted to get a head start or wanted to pursue inventions, pursue any sort of technological advances or to get a lab built or whatever, had to go to these individuals to get money. And these individuals were extremely scrupulous with their money and essentially just had to grovel and kiss ass to these completely repulsive individuals in order to get anything done. And Tesla, this had a huge toll on Tesla. Tesla was a brilliant man with all of these ideas and all of these thoughts and all of these patents, but he constantly had to grovel, especially to J.P. Morgan, who was this repulsive sour and cantankerous man who was extremely frugal with his money despite having so much of it essentially just a money hoarder with a really crappy personality but anyway that's the end of my uh, personal disgust with these individuals and my commentary on the gilded age and i kind of want to wrap up 
Tesla's journey here because this is the high watermark of where he's coming up with all these patents and inventions, but he's having to constantly basically suck up to these super rich individuals in order to get the funds necessary to build his projects. By the turn of the century, Tesla was in his 40s, and some of the things like his hallucinations and his touch with reality started to become more and more problematic. And despite his brilliance, he started having issues of where he would come up with these grandiose ideas, pitch them to Morgan and Astor, and they would just be like, okay, well, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense financially for us, so we'll give you funds, but we're going to be silent partners and we're going to closely monitor this. What he would do is he would get started on these projects and he would need more money to continue or finish them. And Morgan and Asta were just like, okay, well, we already gave you money. You haven't shown anything for it. We're stopping this. This is over. And this happened a couple of times. It would break him mentally. He would start having panic attacks. He wouldn't be able to pay his workers. He started having to dip into his personal fund to continue these projects, and it would wreak havoc on his mental health. And also these giants like Morgan that he did business with, Morgan was very shrewd and would take advantage of Tesla's financial naivete, and he would profit at Tesla's expense and take advantage whenever possible because that's how these moguls built their empires is basically screwing everybody else over. I want to reference a movie which I watched that really kind of illustrates how business worked at this time. It's called There Will Be Blood, and it has the exceptionally talented and handsome Daniel Day-Lewis in it, who is an amazing actor, and he portrays this oil man, basically, who does the same sort of Gilded Age dealing with other people, screwing them over, and that sort of thing. Very egotistic individual. I highly suggest watching it for those who want to learn more about this time period. It is very reflective of this age and how people acted and dealt with each other. And past this point, in terms of Tesla's history, he became broke, he became nearly destitute, he had lost all of his financial backers, his patents had been more or less taken from him and stolen from people like Marconi, and his mental health continued to decline until his death in 1943, I believe. He would still come up with ideas, but they became more and more erratic. Like, I think one was a death ray that he came up with before World War II. He became more and more socially isolated and sort of drifted off into his own little world, and his declining mental health really started taking a toll on him. And by the time he died, he was basically this thin, emaciated man who was just known for going out and feeding pigeons and birds and just spending his time in the park. Kind of a sad ending to such a brilliant individual, but that is often how things went in those days, especially if you weren't keen on how financial matters work and how to take advantage of these people that you were dealing with, like J.P. Morgan and Astor and others. Now that we've covered the history and background of Tesla, it's time to discuss his personality and get back to the topic on hand. Tesla was known for being immaculate, clean, overly formal. He dressed very well. It should be noted that Tesla is a very handsome man. He was tall. He had a good physique. He was rather emaciated and thin because of all the time he would focus on his lab work. But when he presented himself in public, he was immaculate and generally had a good impression despite his oddities. 
he was very orderly. When he would sit down to eat, he would need to have, he would clean his forks like 13 times. It can be argued that he is on the OCD spectrum, but he also had an obsession with like numbers. Like the 13th of Friday is when he would do all of his correspondence and not any other day because apparently it had some sort of meaning to him. Like certain numbers had specific meanings to him. And this would get more and more prevalent as he got older, as he became more and more obsessed with these numbers and how many times he would repeat his tasks, a certain number of times to a certain number. There is a lot of conjecture on whether he was on the autism spectrum. I'm not sure about this because it appeared that he was able to conduct himself socially, although he was overly formal and a bit awkward. He did have close friends. He was very capable of making conversation, not particularly good at small talk. I will note that. So there is some proof that he was on the spectrum, but not overly so where it completely inhibited him from being social. I feel like people make the assumption that people are on the autism spectrum that's just thrown around so often today. If you do anything that's sort of awkward or a faux pas, Oh, well, you're on the spectrum, you're autistic. I, it's kind of a harmful stereotype that goes around today. And unfortunately, that is associated with him a lot. I will note his work habits as before. He would work oftentimes 48 hours at one time without sleep. He would not feed himself properly. He was like 6'2", 6'3", but he only weighed like 140, 150 pounds, extremely emaciated. He could be extremely withdrawn, extremely introverted at times, aloof, appear like arrogant, very much an introvert, preferred his own company. He did a lot of his lab work by himself or with a few other aides. He also had this conflicting sense of superiority and inferiority. He could have bouts of delusions of grandeur in which he would be very much like, I'm the premier electrician and a venter. Nobody understands my thoughts. I am basically a god, god's greatest gift to man. And on the flip side, he could be extremely self-deprecating. He could be extremely self-critical. He would be at these events where he would just be like, well, I'm unworthy of this. I'm not worthy of your time. He could also be extremely flattering and charming. If you look into his letters, especially when he was younger and up and coming, he was very formal, very polite, very eloquent, a very good writer, very good penmanship. He could be very good at public speaking too. He could generate large crowds entertain them. He was at a science fair one time and used his electrical apparatuses and Tesla coils to like use his body as a conduit to like turn on a bulb and use fluorescent lighting. Just amazing feats of showmanship. He did like being the center of attention <laughs> despite being an introvert. This man is known to be contradictory in nature. What's difficult about these individuals in the past is a lot of people want to put labels on them which might not necessarily be true. Like you might say, oh well he was bipolar, he was on the autism spectrum, he had OCD, but we just don't know because we never met him. We're just relying on his own accounts and other people who have met him who had both positive and negative opinions of him. This man was actively discredited and smeared by his rivals and at the same time loved and admired by his friends. So you get completely conflicting 
opinions and stories about Tesla. And now to the topic at hand, was Nikola Tesla asexual? When I initially discovered that I was ace and I started looking for other characters that were on the asexual spectrum, Nikola Tesla was the one that consistently came up. This man never married, he never had any serious romantic relationships, at least that we're aware of. As I mentioned before, he was tall, he was handsome, he could talk to people, he was charming. From what I've read, was attracted to the opposite sex. There are rumors that he was gay, but they're completely unfounded, there is no proof. And during his heyday, this man was actively pursued by socialites, by people high up on the social ladder. Very desirable women would pursue him because he was an inventor and a man of renown. None of these went anywhere. Tesla just seemed when he was in these situations where women would come on to him, quote unquote, he would just kind of gently turn them away. Tesla's love was his research and his lab. That's where he spent all of his time. And from what I've read, the audiobook I've listened to, he was primarily focused on his work. And he saw women and sexuality and relationships as a distraction from his goals. I do want to mention Tesla's relationship with Robert and Katherine Johnson, who were his best friends, essentially. He would go spend time with them. He was very close to both of them. He was like an uncle to their children. And Katherine Johnson was this very attractive Irish lady who essentially had a years-long crush on Tesla. They would correspond with each other constantly, and there were situations where they were in one-on-one -on -one situations where she would come on to him, and he would, because of his love for her husband, because of his work, and because he just wasn't much of a philanderer or someone who was particularly romantic, he would just gently turn her away, and generally after that, avoided one-on-one -on -one situations with her, despite them being close friends. It's reported that Tesla took a vow of chastity, quote-unquote. He saw sexual attraction as a base instinct, and ultimately those base instincts were a distraction from his work. He adopted an Eastern philosophy, too, of where the key to enlightenment has nothing to do with sexuality. Sexuality is a distraction from higher goals and higher learning. I also want to point out that his upbringing and his father being super religious, and there's a lot of stuff in the Bible and Eastern Orthodox Church about like no sex before marriage and how sexuality is a distraction. And we really don't know if Tesla had like sexual desires or if he was someone who secretly carried on affairs, just not in public. It doesn't seem like that. He did not really identify himself as asexual, even though it really wasn't known back then. It just seemed like he was voluntarily celibate. In college, he was actually accused of womanizing, and that's one of the reasons why he was expelled when he first went. Although it should be noted that there isn't much evidence to support the case that he was womanizing, as he's never been reported to in the past. 
I think his peculiarities, like with washing his forks 13 times and his obsession with certain numbers and only doing things certain days of the week or days of the month, really sort of inhibited him from wanting to pursue a relationship because Tesla was self-aware of his limitations and his shortcomings, and maybe he was a bit embarrassed. As I've said before, he did have his moments of extreme self-deprecation, and maybe he didn't feel like he was worthy of a partner. He also despised jewelry, where he didn't really like the smell of perfume. He didn't like physical touch, didn't like shaking hands. And at that time, the gender norms were very strict. So I think it's fair to say, and based on my research, that he was just uncomfortable in romantic situations. And he was self-aware enough to know that any sort of long-term relationship just wouldn't be feasible due to his peculiarity. He knew he was a peculiar man. He knew he was odd in a lot of ways. He had that amount of self-reflection, and I think that deterred him from pursuing any romantic relationships. I also do want to point out that this is the time of Frederick Nietzsche, and the concept of the Ubermensch, or the Superman, who isn't influenced by base instincts such as sexuality. So I wouldn't say that his celibacy is necessarily something that's specifically unique to him in this time frame. The issue with saying was Nikola Tesla asexual is we can't ask him personally. We have his letters, we have his notes, and we have accounts of others, but ultimately we can't ask him personally. Fortunately, there are sufficient sources and there are letters in which he says that he doesn't want to pursue sort of sexual and romantic relationships because it interferes with his work and that women are a distraction. And I think that that is partially influenced by his upbringing. Unfortunately, religion, a lot of religion, especially Western religion and Christianity, are very anti-sex, very adamant about enforcing gender roles, and Tesla grew up in a very conservative environment, in a very conservative society and culture that emphasized the man and the woman doing their gender norms and following and conforming to those. It is interesting to go back to his first romantic relationship in his early 20s when he's going on long walks and doing these romantic things with this Anna character, but they talk about their passions and she just wants to raise a family where he's like, well, I want to pursue electrical engineering and travel the world and go down this line, this, this trajectory. And the trajectories of her wanting to raise a family and be stuck in Serbia just didn't align with what he wanted to do. I did want to bring up, was he a romantic? I don't think so. He seemed like a very charming, charismatic individual. And like I said, with this relationship that I just brought up, he went on long walks and had these long talks and went to these cool places. That seems pretty romantic to me. And he does seem like the type that if he was in a relationship, he would do these overly romantic gestures. He could be very flamboyant and he was a good showman, so there's no reason to suspect that he was aromantic. It's interesting to think, well, if I were to sit down with Nikola Tesla, if I were to go back 120, 130 years ago and sit down with him and explain what asexuality was and say, well, Mr. Tesla, do you conform to these notions of asexuality? He would probably present me with a formula and whether he or he didn't 
fit on it and how my logic was flawed or something else. It really depends on what sort of mood I were to talk to him in because he did have these fluctuations in mood. Honestly, when you ask yourself the question of, well, is Nikola Tesla asexual? It really is, how do you define asexual? Because if it's lack of desire, I don't think that that fits him. It's recorded that he has had feelings for the opposite sex. He has pursued romantic relationships even though they didn't get very far and he evidently has these base urges. He just uses his self-discipline, his eastern philosophical thought, and his monastic upbringing to sort of suppress those desires and plus his love was his work. And if you go on the internet, there's just so many theories floating around about him. And there's so much controversy. But if you look at the facts, it really is, we don't know. He did have characteristics that are fairly typical ace characteristics but at the same time he did experience attraction there's no denying that i would say versus asexual i would say that he is voluntarily celibate i know people personally that are voluntarily celibate but experience sexual desire religion especially christianity mormonism discourages sexual relationships out of marriage as being sinful. I know people personally, they're out of marriages and they're actively pursuing finding a partner and they haven't had sexual relationships in, you know, 10, 5, 15 years. That does not make them asexual per se, it makes them voluntarily celibate. There's a difference. One of my ace friends perhaps put it most succinctly is that asexuality has a degree of revulsion and repulsion from sex itself, the act of sex. Tesla did have a lot of peculiarities which he was self-conscious about. He had extreme feelings of inadequacy and combined that with religious views and growing up the son of clergymen, I think it's safe to say that that had an impact on his lack of sexual expression and sexual activity. It is recorded that Tesla did feel lonely. This is the introvert's conundrum of feeling lonely, but at the same time not wanting to be around people, or at least to be around people in excess, having a threshold of like, okay, I've had enough social interaction for the next month, so I'm good. But also when you don't have enough, because all humans are social creatures, no matter how introverted, we all need some sort of interaction. I will say it probably is more difficult for people the introverted scale to find partners. And also society is just not very nice introverts. You need to be extroverted. You need to go out. You need to throw yourself at people to find relationships and you need to be confident and assertive and yada yada yada. And back then with gender roles being very very strict and very very conforming it's easy to understand why it put a lot of pressure on Tesla. I think at this point uh, there's not much there's not too much more to say. It's just not complete conjecture. A lot of online circles, especially the incel circle, involuntary celibate, the MGTOW circle, treat Tesla like he's this sort of god because he rejects women, he's above these base impulses, and he's this god tier of a man that should be worshipped and idolized. He's the perfect man who everyone should try to be like. He's an inventor, he doesn't need women. He is resistant to them, like, trying to seduce him, which is kind of funny because these people have never ever probably been seduced in their entire lives. 
and it's funny because if Tesla were to see these comments by these incels in the MGTOW community, he would either be very amused or very disgusted. He'd probably be happy that people were idolizing him, but at the same time, the people that are idolizing him are layabouts and eat Cheetos and play video games all day. So he probably wouldn't be too impressed with that. I also would caution people that research Nikola Tesla. There are a lot of conspiracy theories floating around. The sources that I mentioned, the two audiobooks are pretty good. They're not perfect. There is some bias in them. I would just suggest looking for credible research. There are so many conspiracy theories floating around about this individual. So unless it's from Tesla himself or somebody like the Johnsons or somebody who is intimate with Tesla, take it with a grain of salt. That being said, I think I'll wrap up at this point. I have been deviating a bit from asexual topics, but with the last one on Brian Risso slash Only Use Me Blade, that was something that I've been wanting to talk about forever. Now, this podcast is more or less an outlet for somebody who lives out in the country and in the wild to have a platform to talk and get things off my chest. Even if it's to a handful of people who are listening about things that I'm passionate about and things that I can go on for 30 or 40 minutes. I have a Podbean page. I can be reached on there. I have my email. I have my Instagram account. Feel free to follow or comment. I'm hoping to produce these more on a regular basis, but like I said, this one took a lot of research because there is a lot of conjecture, anecdotes, and a bunch of nonsense that I had to wade through to get to the truth about this man, so hopefully I did this justice. Anyways, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day, a great rest of the week. Much love, and I will see you on the next one. Peace.